Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Around the Keg podcast, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer. I'm your host, Whip Barfield, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Lando, and our tech producer, Keys. It is Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. We've got a little bit of a shorter show for you guys today. Uh, we're just going to run through a couple of the questions y'all sent in uh, last week on the Instagram page and, and do our pour one out, cut them off segment to end us off. But before we get going, guys, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Same old, same old going on here in my life. Went to the battery, had a good time. Uh, tech guy Keys was there. Our friend William was there. A couple other people that I know were there. So had a really good time. Watched the fights, and that's pretty much how my weekend was. How about you, Keys? I spent most of my week just kind of laying low, honestly. Went to the battery. Went to a friend, my friend Raymond's engagement party, so it was good to see him and celebrate them. Yeah, yeah just kind of low week. I'm, I'm still just waiting for baseball to get back into full swing. I've been keeping, uh, keeping up with some spring training for Braves. I'm either really excited or really disappointed, but that's how spring training goes. You can never really tell. So I'm, I'm just waiting for baseball season to start at this point. But you, Wit? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, I actually came home this weekend, as you all know, and uh, let you guys down and ended up not going to the battery with you all and, and getting drunk Saturday night. And I do apologize for that. I was spending time with my mom and grandma, you know, just trying to trying to put family first for once. Usually I, I'm up here going out and having a good time with my friends. And But uh, mom talked me into staying in. So, But uh, but I did go out Friday night. I went to the Glover Park Brewery. Uh, over on the square it's a really good place they got some great ipas um went over there with a friend who was driving down from columbus ohio he just got a job at fau uh working as a ga with the athletic training program uh he's just moved down to boca uh him and his girlfriend are down there right now uh but we he stopped in we, we got a beer I, I thought it was just going to be a beer ended up being several um had one too many ipas Forgot that I don't really drink IPAs and got extremely drunk. So so I got drunk Friday. Woke up with one of the worst hangovers I've had in, in my entire life. I, I honestly did not realize that IPA IPAs give you worse hangovers than just about any other alcohol. I don't know why, but they do. And it it's pretty dang painful. Whit was so hungover, he was double texting me. He would forget that he texted me something and text me again. Wow. I actually did not know that. So what again does, does Ryan do? He's, he's like an athletic trainer or something? Yeah, so he was uh, an athletic trainer with the Ohio State football team. Um, as a student, they have a program that you go through. But now he is a graduate assistant with the athletic training program with FAU. He's going to be working with the football team pretty much as an athletic trainer. Um, I think he gets a little bit of money for that. And he's got an apartment down there, and he's going to be down there for probably the next two years working with the football team. And it uh, should be pretty exciting. I'm going to go down there and see him when Southern plays FAU this year. There's one thing I'm really jealous about, uh, like about him for, from his life, is that he owns a Rose Bowl ring. Like that's that's so cool. I, I wish, I wish I had the opportunity just just to even go watch a Rose Bowl game. This guy has a Rose Bowl ring, man. Oh man, y'all should y'all should have seen some of the Snapchats he sent me when he was working with the Ohio State football team. I mean, he was on the field at Penn State when they had a whiteout against Ohio State on the field for the game. He said it was the most amazing experience. That he's ever been a part of, aside from Ohio State games, because he is one of the biggest Ohio State fans you ever meet in your life. Um, but and then the Rose Bowl, he said, was just incredible. Even though, like, they, I mean, they were playing Washington, who they I don't really think they had much trouble with them. I think the score was kind of close, but I don't think he was ever worried. Yeah, he's got a Rose Bowl ring. He's got all kinds of stuff from the Rose Bowl. He's got tons and tons of gear from bowl games, Ohio State uh, playoff game, Big Ten championships. He's got a Big Ten championship ring. He's got Big Ten championship gear. He's got 
uh, rivalry gear from the Michigan Ohio State rivalry games. I think he was there from two of them, like which is one of the greatest rivalries in college sports history. So it's really he's, the stuff that he's doing is is very cool. I'll say that for sure. We got to get this loser on the show so he can he can explain <laughs> all like in detail all these things that he's seen because that's, that's actually pretty awesome. I hate the Big it Ten. Is. I hate Ohio State, but I, I'm not I'm not gonna you know like discredit anything that that he's 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 done because that's pretty that's pretty freaking cool yeah he honestly has to be pretty jealous with some of the stuff he's doing i mean like the rose bowl uh penn state white game both of those specifically are big bucket list items on my on my uh on my notes list for sure there's things i want to go and do almost went when georgia was playing oklahoma in that rose bowl game uh back in 20 i think it was 2018 was the year's 2017 season uh, but tickets were absurd. I had absolutely no money at that point, so there's no way I could go. But next time Georgia's in there, I'm I'm definitely going. I wonder what the bars are like in Ohio State. You ever? You, oh, you went to the bars at Ohio State? Ah, that's right. You got <laughs> jumped. <laughs> the bars. Why, don't you, why don't you tell us about that story, Wit? <laughs> On a real note, the bars at Ohio State are actually very fun. I had a good time. Um, I actually went up to Columbus, Ohio. I guess it was summer of 2018 uh, for my buddy Ryan's 21st birthday. Um, I was up there for a couple of days, drove up there. It's like a nine and a half hour drive from Kennesaw. It's pretty long for sure. Um, but we were up there first night. We went to a place uh, that I could not remember the name of. I think it was a Grady's or some of the G. But on your birthday, they let you get something called a schooner. And it's like a big like bowl looking cup it's huge massive massive cup or like a mug for beer um and it's like i think it's like 10 bucks but every thursday they have something called it's either schooner or schooner i can't remember exactly how to pronounce it but every sooner schooner uh, every thursday schooner schooner yeah exactly boomer sooner but every thursday you could go in and i think the drinks were like it's either two or three dollars i can't remember exactly how much it was but it was like two or three dollars to fill up the entire thing so he Everybody there went every Thursday. His birthday was actually on a Thursday, so it kind of worked out for us. We got pretty cheap drinks. Uh, they already had some that his roommates had, so I got to use that one. And we we had probably two beers, two IPAs that they had there, and we were pretty drunk. That's how big these cups are. So we had a good time, and that was his. That was the night of his twenty first, and then the next day of his twenty first, we got to get, go out to the bars, um, experienced a couple of them. The library uh, they had a bar called. The O, I think it was called the O or the O House or something like that. I, honestly, it, it's it's been a minute, and after telling you the story, you'll understand why I can't remember a lot of it. But um, what did they did? They had like a power hour there, so it was like one dollar for a pitcher at three o'clock, and then two dollars for a pitcher at at four o'clock, and then on and on and on. And we got there. I think it was like three dollars for pitcher. So we were there for probably about two or three hours chugging down these like electric lemonade pictures, like these blue electric lemonade pictures. We got super drunk, uh, ended up going out to the bars, hit a bunch of them. I actually met his girlfriend that night and uh, she was blackout drunk as well. So she doesn't even remember it. Um, but that was before they started dating. But then as we were walking back to his house from the bars, we stopped in front of a Waffle House and we had about 10 people with us. And there was, I think it was four girls and six guys. And five of the guys were standing in front of the Waffle House. We were sitting there talking and a guy comes up to us and he goes, he goes, hey, what's going on, guys? You're having a good night? And I was like, yeah, you know, me being friendly. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm having a great night. I appreciate it being drunk and friendly as I always am. And 
Like, as soon as I finish talking, the guy comes up behind me and slugs the crap out of my face, like, right in my eye. And after that, I honestly don't remember much, but uh, I just remember running off, having blood dripping down my face and talking to to the police. They had no idea what was going on. They looked like they didn't even care. It was was terrible. Uh, By by the way, Columbus police, absolutely awful. I don't know if they were Ohio State campus police or Columbus PD or whatever. Terrible, terrible. I know Ryan will tell you the same thing, most likely. Um, pretty, pretty much all they did was hand me an ice pack and it was one of those that you had to like crack and shake and I, and they didn't even, they wouldn't even crack it for me. They said they weren't allowed to. I was like, I was like, screw you guys. Are you kidding me? I just got my ass beat middle of downtown Columbus. Y'all can't even crack my, my ice pack for me. So I was pissed. I threw it out of trash can. When I remember you sent me a picture of your face and you looked like you had gone 10 rounds with Floyd Mayweather. Uh, apparently the guy that hit me was pretty huge. I never saw him. I never saw him or any of the guys that were getting us besides that first guy. So I don't remember. I have no idea what happened. All I really remember is like talking to the police and then getting back to Ryan's place. And we were sitting down there and, and everybody was kind of pissed off that that had happened to us. And I was just kind of like, what? I was like, whatever, man, just fix my nose. You know, I think I'm the only one on this show today that hasn't been jumped at a bar. <laughs> Keys, how about you tell us about your story? I prefer not to talk about it. No. Um, yeah, no, it was actually a blue room in Statesboro. We were walking back from a bar in a similar situation. Guy guy followed us and just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, one of my uh, one of my buddies always jokes that I that I lost the fight, but it was not a fight. <laughs> Neither was wits. So I no. I don't know. It it was it was not fun to say the least. We both had similarly bad times after that, but I still love the I still love Statesboro. I still love the Blue Room. Go back all the time. Yeah, I mean it's the same for me. Like that's not going to keep me away from Columbus. I, I was actually trying to get up there to see Ryan uh, sometime this this uh, winter spring season. Maybe try and get a baseball game or something. Just uh, uh, go see a little bit more since I had to leave early. But obviously he's now down in Boca, so um, that's where I will be visiting when I go and hang out with my buddy over there. I think it's funny the two guys that are least likely like to like actually start a fight at, at a bar has has gotten into fights at bars and then somebody like me who who you know when i get drunk i like to get a little rowdy, a little rowdy. Okay. I, I, i've never i've never even even been close to getting into a fight at a bar drunk wit likes to get himself in trouble and it's kind of been a new thing um at that point in time and, and that had nothing to do with me getting myself in trouble we were just in a bad area and we shouldn't have been walking, honestly. We probably should have Ubered back instead of walked. But it was it was weird because we were just right in the middle of like tons of people. So I still to this day have no idea what happened, but Well, what a, what better segue into our top five college bars that we've ever been to? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good way to start the mailbag. This question's from Nathan Kissler, our good buddy. Uh he wants us to rank our top five college bars that we've been to. Uh Lando, you wanna start? Yeah, sure. I'll start uh number one. This was this was easy. Dingus McGee's, Statesboro, Georgia. Best bar I've ever been to. It's awesome. Happy hour. You get the natty pitcher. You get the loaded fries and chicken quesadillas. It's, it's, it's awesome. Dingus McGee's is number one. Number two is going to be Fred's, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Fred's is awesome. So they have the actual bar, which really isn't that big. And then they have tents set outside in the parking lot in a giant stage. And it's just a a huge menagerie of people just everywhere, a sea of people. Fred's was awesome. I, I wish we would have gone out more in, in Baton Rouge. So Fred's is going to be number two. Oh, me too. Uh, number three, kind of tough. I'm going to have to go with Blue Room. 
Statesboro, Georgia. Blue Room was, is, is, was always a good time. I never really had a bad time at Blue Room. And it was close enough to my apartment to where I could walk home when I got really shitty. So Blue Room is going to be number three. Uh, number four, Southern Social. Statesboro, Georgia. And number five is going to be Generals in Athens. Oh, great bars, man. Those are awesome. Yeah, Keys, what about you? What are your top five? All right, so I'm going to start with uh, number five. Right, Number five for me is Red Shed in uh nice, tuscaloosa yeah. alabama i had to throw yeah, it in there. A good time there we didn't actually go to too many bars in, in tuscaloosa and i tried to spread it out because you know i could easily you know a lot of my favorite bars are in like athens but um i was trying to spread it out a little bit so we got red shed in tuscaloosa um really love going there i like that they have a venue um that's my big thing i love bars that have uh like bands or, or like a stage i'm not really huge on dj bars uh necessarily i, I love Going, you know, getting some drinks with some buddies and, and watching a band that plays some good music. So Red Shed is number five. Number four for me, I went to UCF one time to visit one of my friends, uh, Matt Garcia, down there at UCF. It was actually right after they uh, were national champions. And so everybody, it was all the buzz down there. There's a bar there called Lib. It's actually Library, but they all call it Lib. So you're a nerd if you call it Library. And uh, this this is what's really cool about that bar. So you go there, you pay cover, right? Beer is free. That was I, I think it was beer is free if you start a tab. But basically, you could go there and you pay cover, and then you you don't pay for beer the entire night. Now, I, th- I think you have to pick one of their beers. Like, they'll give you, like, I don't know if it was, like, Land Shark or something like that. But if you wanted free drinks, you can just get that beer all night, which was awesome. And I remember I was talking to, to you and uh, our friend Mark about that one. No, that was really awesome. Uh, yeah, it's too bad we never all got to go there because it was really fun. And uh, my buddy Matt showed me a good time. Number three for me is Hedges in Athens. It's actually not there anymore for uh, reasons we won't get into. Hedges was really fun. It had this, like, uh, it, the first part of the building was, like, an actual bar. They had booths, and um, it was kind of like a sit-down, you know, regular, almost dive bar feel. And then you can go behind this wall, and it opened up into, like, a giant auditorium. And there was um, uh, just a big screen, and they had a a DJ there that he would play music that would coordinate with like videos on the screen, like music video mashups and things like that. Really awesome place. I That's like the one like clubby bar that I really like. Uh, number two for me is actually hundred proof in Athens as well. It was right next door and it's also not there. So I'm going to have to find a new favorite bar in Athens. Hundred proof had these great slushies that you could always get up on the rooftop. Everclear slushies. There was, they were strong, but they were good. And my number one bar is blue room. And this is because they always have great music. Every time you go there, there's a live performer and a DJ later on in the night. You get, um, uh, I've seen people like Trey Lewis, uh, Riley Green. Of course, uh, we featured a band on, on this show before, Neutral Snap. They're, they're frequent in, uh, in, at the Blue Room. It, it's always a really good time. Then you close out the night with DJ Nino. And you just have a really good time. They got um, like the insides, got a, got a stage and kind of like a pit. They have multiple bars all around the inside. It's very big inside. And then they have the back, the backyard, which is turfed. And they have picnic tables and like an overhang for rain and the tiki bar. Just an absolute blast every time you go out to Blue Room. What about you, Whit? What are your top five? Yeah, so you actually just talked about my number five. Um, I actually have a tie. But one of, them, one of them that's tied for fifth is Blue Room. It's one of my favorite bars. Um, we... Pretty much the whole time that it was open, maybe except for like right at the beginning, got free drinks just about every time we went. So easily one of my favorite bars. Um, it was really cool to see Blue Room. We were there when it opened up. It opened up our senior year and 
Um, it was cool to see it grow from like the 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 young bar that it was to what it is now, and now it's an absolute monster of a bar, Georgia Southern. I don't know the name of the guy that owns the place, but I know that he is making lots of money. Um, and the other one tied for fifth is Hunter Proof UGA. Uh, Keys has just talked about it. It's they got the slushies, um, the whiskey coke slushy in particular is one of my favorite drinks in all of Athens. Uh, they got the Island Breeze Bar upstairs with the uh, with the little tiki hut and the pine or the uh, what's it called palm trees and all that stuff. Lots of fun. Uh, number four for me is Galette's at Alabama. Um, I know you guys haven't been there. Galette's is a really cool bar. It's got like a downstairs and an upstairs and. Uh, downstairs, they usually have a band. They got a little outside area you can hang out at. And, um, if you go upstairs, it's like the DJ area. You can kind of like, you know, have some fun, you know, jump up and down, whatever. Um, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, and then three for me is Hedges. Keys already talked about it. It's got the open auditorium and the DJ with the screen behind it that kind of goes along with the music, but it's also got like a little area you can sit at a, sit at a booth and, uh, order some drinks and hang out with friends and actually have a conversation. Um, it's kind of a little bit of best of both worlds, same as Galette's and uh, kind of the same as this next one. That's Fred's. Uh, Lando was talking about it. I think me and Lando are the only two that have actually been to Fred's out of the people who uh, come on this show ever or send in questions or anything. Fred's is when it comes to like college bars that Fred's is the is the like dictionary example of what I want for a college bar. It is the beautiful outdoor of, and it's, it's yeah. the epitome of a college bar. That's a good word. It's got the awesome outdoor tenant area. It's got all these little drink stands you could go to and get drinks. I think we even had like dollar drink hour or something at one point. Yeah. It was, it was freaking like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. The only bad thing about it is it's only one of like two really good bars in Tigerland uh, in Baton Rouge. And so on game days, if you don't get your wristband like early on and go for a cover, it's like 20 or 30 bucks to get in. But honestly, we didn't do it. Part of me kind of wishes we would have because I think we would have had a lot of fun. Um, but we went we went the Friday before the Georgia Southern LSU game when me and Lando went and stayed with our buddy uh, Corbin. And um, we had a great time. We saw some very beautiful women, I will say. and uh, Very, very to, beautiful we actually, women. We actually listened to Neutral Snap, as Keys was just saying. It's a band that we feature, we have featured before. Um, and they've been down to Statesboro. They played at the Blue Room. Uh, they're a really good band and uh, good buddies of ours. So um, we, it's, a, it's a great time. And if, if you ever go to Baton Rouge, check it out. Uh, number one for me, obviously, has got to be Dingus McGee's. Um, it's, it's the best of both worlds. Good bands. Great food. Uh, always good people. Um, it's a good place to go and hang with your buddies and do some shots and not spend your entire life savings like I do every time I go out in Nashville. So, uh, so yeah, that's my top five. If you ever go to Fred's, make sure you get a sweat towel because you're going to need it. I definitely needed the sweat towel. I will always be thankful that I had that sweat towel. I got it hanging up right, right behind me, actually, on a little bulletin board. So I'm glad I ended up taking that home. Yeah, we'll go ahead and move on to our next set of questions. These two are from at chad s underscore five two nine uh the first one is he's asking about the nfl coaching carousel he wants to hear our best and worst hires and how it pertains to the draft i think the best hire was arthur smith for the falcons i think it was definitely time for dan quinn to get out of atlanta his message got stale and you know there comes a point in time where a coach's message just it's just not clicking with the players. So uh, it was really good for them to move on from Dan Quinn and get a new voice in there. Arthur Smith, I think he's going to do a good job in Atlanta. The worst hire, I have two. Uh, Dan Campbell for the Detroit Lions, horrible. 
Absolutely horrible. And Nick Sirianni for the Philadelphia Eagles. Even worse. Horrible. Horrible, horrible hires. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about Arthur Smith for the Falcons. Um, he's, he's not my best, uh, my best hire, though. He's not my favorite. Um, I think the Jets actually had the best hire with Robert Sala. He was the DC for the San Francisco 49ers, which was one of the best units in the NFL the past two years. Um, they had some injuries this year that kind of hurt them a little bit uh, with Nick Bosa going out and some of the other guys on that on that squad. But um, he's just a really tough guy. He's a football-minded guy. Um, he's a guy that's not going to take a lot of crap from the team. He's going to get them going. He's going to get them fired up. Um, I think that's something they did not have with Adam Gase, who, in my opinion, has been the worst NFL head coach that I have ever seen in my whole life. So, yeah, I'm big fan of Robert Talley coming in to replace Adam Gase. Um, and my worst hire, I think, is David Cullen for the Texans. Um, and the reason I think that is not because of who David Cullen is, because I really don't know a ton about him, to be honest, but... They had a really good shot at getting Eric Bieniemy, or at least I think they did. And I honestly think that they picked this guy over him, which to me just shows where the Texans are at right now with their front office. And that's just not a good place. It just shows me that they're, they don't have their stuff together. They don't really know what they're looking at. Um, I think they're letting money make their decisions instead of actual like football minded things. Um, and to me, that just means that they're, they're going to be in a rut for a long time coming, and um, and that is not good for the fans of Houston. Yeah, so what I think happened with Houston and their coaching hire, I think they interviewed Biennemi, but he didn't want to go coach there. I don't think he wanted to get I've heard in that. a situation like that. I've heard so, that. And honestly, if I was Biennemi, I wouldn't either. Because, I mean, how yeah. much longer is Andy Reid going to be at the Chiefs? I mean, he's old, and right. he's had but, a long career. Mean, he's already won a Super Bowl. But still, you know, like, he... I, you never know. You never know. I, I think I think Andy Reid might go for a couple more years, but you know, I, uh, I think Bianami will be a great uh, you know, step in for uh, Andy Reid once he once he actually retires. But I definitely think Bianami did not want to go to Houston, and Houston, as a ploy to try to get Deshaun Watson to stay in Houston, they just hired David Colley. One because he's African American. And Deshaun Watson said he wanted to go, you know, to a team that had an African-American head coach. So I, that's why I think they hired David Culley. Yeah, that would make sense. And I mean, if I'm enemy and Andy Reid, like if I'm interviewing with all these different teams and if Andy Reid comes to me and uh, the general manager for the Chiefs comes to me and they both go, look, man, I know you want to be a head coach. I know you're a good enough football mind to be a head coach, but give it a year. Give it like, like I'm, I'm done in three years at most. Like, if you could just wait three years, you're going to have the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, probably still have one of the top four or five receivers in the NFL with the best tight end in the NFL, easily the best offensive system in the NFL. All you got to do is take over doing the exact same thing Andy Reid's doing, and you're going to go down in history as you're probably – there's a good chance you can make a really big name for yourself as an NFL coach with with what you have set up there instead of going to coach a team like the Texans or going to the Jets, or um, even the Falcons. Too. The Falcons have some pieces, but a lot of their pieces are old and getting ready to retire. And and it's not like new guys who are developing and, and taking a next step and actually competing for Super Bowls. So um, if, that, if that is what he did, then good on him. But if not, and the Texans hired this guy instead of the enemy, then they, they are in a rut. Uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and move on to our next question. Uh, speaking of the Falcons, this question is, does Hayden Hurst 2020 season – Make him a long-term option for the Falcons. What do y'all think? 
I don't see why not. I mean, who who else do the Falcons have have on their uh on their yeah. roster in terms of tight end that you know is going to produce good numbers like Hayden Hurst? I think you might as well go ahead and make him a long term option because you the the Falcons aren't going to go take you know uh Kyle Pitts. Yeah, they're they're not going to take him with their pick, so you might as well just go ahead and stick with Hayden Hurst. Yeah, and I completely agree with that too. I mean. Hayden Hurst isn't the best tight end in the NFL. I mean, he's not Travis Kelsey. He's not George Kittle. He's not Zach Ertz. But, um, I mean, if you look at some of the other guys, I'd, I'd say he's in that next tier. I mean, Austin Hooper's good. Um, Darren Waller in Oakland, he's really good too. Hunter Henry in, in um, L.A. Those are all good guys. and I'd say Hayden Hurst is around that area. He still has a lot of room to grow, um, especially as a blocker. He's extremely athletic. He seems like he cares about being at the team, uh, just from what I've seen, which I'm sure you'd see that from anybody. But um, he put up over 500 yards. He had six touchdowns, 56 receptions on the year. Um, I'd say Arthur. I think Arthur Smith will do a good job of getting him the ball next year too. So yeah, I mean, I I think he should definitely be a long term option. I, I wouldn't draft anybody in the first round. I wouldn't draft Kyle Pitts. Um, as much as I like him, I would I would go ahead and roll with Hayden Hurst and fill some of our other. Uh, holes that we have in the team uh, that's just me but we'll go ahead and move on to our next question this one is actually about college football so that'll be good uh, this is from at Ian underscore Kessler 51 uh, his first question is do you think Eric Gilbert will go back to LSU go to a JUCO school or go to another big school Um, I really don't know what's going through this kid's head left LSU and then committed to Florida and then now he is out at Florida. So um, I think the best option for him would be to go to JUCO just, just to get his head right. Because a lot of players who are kind of struggling with their mental game, they go to JUCO because JUCO doesn't give a shit who you are. They're, they're going to they're gonna, you know, sit you down and, and, and play the best players that they have and, and you know try to get you back up to that level. So I think JUCO would be the best option for him. Yeah, I disagree with that just a little bit. And it's more so because Eric Gilbert, his issue isn't his on-the-field play. It's whatever's going on off the field. And I mean, it, like apparently at LSU he was homesick, and that's why I wanted to move closer to home. And that's why everybody was like, okay, so it's going to be Georgia Tech or Georgia, uh, which which should be Georgia. I don't know why he'd go from LSU to Georgia Tech, even if he wanted to be closer to home. Um, but then he ended up going to Florida. Uh, and I guess that's a little bit closer than LSU, but not that much closer. And um, not really sure exactly what happened with him there. I heard there were some academic issues. Uh, maybe he just doesn't care about his grades and thinks he's a little too hot for, for the school. I don't know. Um, I haven't heard much else about him. I, don't, I haven't heard about where he might be leaning towards going. Um, him leaving Florida already makes me think he might be heading back to LSU. Maybe. I don't know if he'd go ahead and go back to LSU. He might be gone. Uh, maybe trying to get out of the SEC. Maybe... Uh, maybe he does want to go to Georgia Tech and be a part of that and get to compete against some teams that aren't as good as the teams that Florida and Georgia and teams like that would be competing against, which honestly would be pretty smarter. Maybe even going to Clemson. I mean, Clemson's not that far. And I mean, having DJ Uyangule throw him the ball, I mean, they don't have many receiving targets next year. That'd probably be a smart move for him, too. Um, but honestly, I, I have no idea. You see, for those, re- for those off the field reasons that you named, you know, the academic stuff and some of the other stuff, Juco, man, like, they they True. really they really nip that in the bud. If if you're struggling academically, your ass is on the bench. If you're if you're messing up and doing other things that you shouldn't be doing, you're on the bench because their whole goal is to try to get you back to a level where you can play, you know, 
top tier football at a big program and not have the issues in in the classroom and off the field. So I think just me personally, I think Juco would be a great move for him. Uh, when it comes to mental game, I completely agree with you. I mean, I've seen last chance you, I've seen what some of these academic advisors will do for these guys when they're really struggling, going through academics, really like struggling to get their mind right on trying to learn um, and understand that it's not really just about football because you don't know if you're going to go to the NFL, even if you're a five-star prospect, even if you're a big shot on the field, like you never know. And you never know if that's even going to stick if you do make it to the draft. So um, I'm in agreement with you there. I, the only reason I think he won't go Juco is because a lot of those guys only go Juco because they're not performing to what they should be performing at. Like, I mean, if you look at guys like uh, John Franklin or whatever his name was, John Franklin the third. Um, they had Malik Henry from Florida State. He was a big-time prospect coming out, um, and he was just terrible at Florida State, kept getting beat out. Um, he went to JUCO and did pretty well. He still really didn't care about anything, and um, I think he ended up kind of leveling out. Um, he tried to go to FAU, but I don't think he uh, ended up doing anything. But um, So I, I don't think he will go JUCO. I think it would be good for him. Um, I don't think he will, but but we'll see what happens. We'll move on to our next question. Uh, this one also from Ian underscore Custer 51. He asked, how about Clemson's Darion Kendrick hitting the transfer portal? Could this affect Clemson in 2021? Nope. Next man up. I agree. I mean, Clemson, to me, it, it doesn't really matter who's playing on their defense. Um, and they also bring back pretty much everybody else. They had a ton of seniors decide that they were going to um, add that extra year, that fifth year on there. Uh, that they got from COVID. Uh, so I, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal because of that reason. But I do think he was their top corner last year. Um, he had 17 tackles. He only had one pick. He had a couple of passes defended. He didn't do anything that really stood out to you. He's not a guy that was going to get picked top two or three rounds in the draft, most likely. Um, he actually came in as a receiver, and they converted him to corner because um, he just was better suited to play corner. And he did a good job. Um, I never really thought he was that good. But he wasn't too bad. I know. I know Ian, and Ian's a Ian's a big Georgia fan, so I'm sure he's kind of asking about uh, where it comes in for the Georgia side of everything. So I think that he would be a good fit for Georgia because of the holes that Georgia has on their defense, being in the secondary, not having any experience. Um, we lost top star Mark Webb. He was a big player. I think Darian Kendrick would play great in that star role, being that he's not really that tall of a guy. He's not like he doesn't have that build to play that outside corner. Um, but even if he did, he'd, he'd be fine. And fit him next to Keely Ringo, who's a five-star from the 2019 class, um, who is super, super good players, um, he, I, or I think he will be this year. But uh, I, I, I think it's definitely it's definitely something for Clemson fans to look at. But I, when you got a guy like their defensive coordinator in there, I don't think there's going to be much drop-off. We'll go ahead and move on to our next question. This one is from at the underscore swan. He wants to know our thoughts on the Birmingham Southern College game when they beat Center. So Birmingham Southern College, they won 42-35. to They're a D3 school, and our buddy Billy, who asked this question, uh, works for the team. Billy's a good guy. I'm sure he's the reason they won, if you ask me. So I think that, that is a fantastic dub for uh, Birmingham Southern College. So good for them. Good for them. Also, shout out one of our Instagram followers, actually is a player on the team, Joey Kiernan. Uh, he's been sending us some messages and stuff, so thanks, Joey, for the follow. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Joey. Good win, man. Way to go. 
and we'll go ahead and move on from our mailbag. We'll go into our pour one out, cut them off segment. Lando, you want to get us started? This week, I'm going to cut off Stuart Haas Racing. They had a horrible weekend at the racetrack on Sunday. Uh, all four of their drivers finished outside the top 20. Uh, Kevin Harvick, who is my favorite driver, finished uh, in 20th place, one lap down. And the worst finisher out of the four was Eric Amarola. He finished 38th. Uh, it was just a horrible day at a mile and a half track, which Stuart Haas Racing has performed really well at the past uh, four or five years. So, uh they have some figuring out to do, uh, still really early in the season, but yeah, this week I'm cutting off Stuart Haas Racing, and staying in the world of racing, uh, I'm going to pour one out for the race this weekend. It was actually a really good race, even though my driver didn't perform too well, uh, the action from start to finish was really good. Uh, I've enjoyed this Cup Series uh, races this year so far, just because of the the talent that has been shown in, in the series. Uh, drivers from, num- from first place to 25th place all have a chance to win the race. Everybody's racing really hard. They're not wrecking each other. They're just doing a really good job racing real clean and uh, putting on the show for us fans. So uh, pour one out for NASCAR. Wit, how about you? Yeah, I'm actually going to pour one out for uh, a guy who used to be my favorite golfer, and he's kind of dropped off recently, and um, I've become a big fan of some other guys. But I'm going to pour one out for Jordan Spieth. Um, he had a good tournament uh, over in the Honor Palmer Invitational. Um, he actually ended up finishing uh, somewhere in the top 10. I, I don't remember exactly where he finished, but he was – he was up there for a long time. Um, he's been playing some bad golf the past couple of years and um, not really not really playing up to his potential. When he came into the PGA, a lot of guys were saying he was going to be the next Tiger, be that next dominant golfer, continuous number one. Um, and he really fell off after winning three majors um, in his first like couple of years. Um, but he's, he's starting to get it back. He's had had a magnificent round in that um, in, on Saturday. He had a hole-in-one, one of the best hole-in-ones that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, perfect little looked like a maybe a seven or eight iron that he hit in it hit at the very front of the of the green and ended up rolling probably about 50 to 55 feet right into the hole really fantastic shot um so yeah i'm pouring one out for jordan and i'm going to cut off georgia basketball i've cut them out a couple times this year and, um they're just ridiculous they ended up beating two tournament teams in a row they beat missouri and they beat lsu they actually destroyed lsu um, had Severe Wheeler had the first ever triple-double in Georgia history. And then they turned around and got destroyed by South Carolina, who was one of the worst teams in the SEC. Um, absolutely terrible. And, uh, Georgia actually had a good chance to go into their final game of the season, which would have been against Alabama, with the chance to prove that they could be one of those last four in for the tournament, for the March Madness tournament, um, given that they actually beat a couple of the teams. And their losses weren't too, too bad. Um, until that South Carolina game, and they ended up losing by 30-something points and did did not look like any team that should be able to compete for a national championship this year. So definitely cutting off Georgia basketball and Tom Crean. Y'all, y'all need to get it together. Keys, what about you? So I'm going to start with my cut them off. This week uh, I'm cutting off Georgia Southern basketball. Uh, it just wasn't very good this year, partially because it's basically all fresh. Uh, we got a new AD, Jared Banco, and we have uh, the new coach, Brian Berg, and basically just recruiting a whole new team. And uh, we lost a lot of the stars from last year for due to transfers. I was watching the game um, a couple days ago against uh, Arkansas State. And they actually, they barely lost that game. It was like a four versus a five seed. But still, you know, just with all the freshness, it was really disappointing. Hopefully one day I'll be able to see Georgia Southern play in the March Madness tournament. I was hoping I'd get to see it when I was at school there, but that never happened. So hopefully one day we'll still get to see him. And for my poor one out this week, I'm actually going to pour one out for 
uh, one of my friends that I've known for a while, uh, Caitlin Hollister. She actually designed, if you saw on her Instagram, she designed us some cool uh, cartoon avatars that start using on the podcast graphics. So thank you, Caitlin. That's, that was awesome. We love them. Uh, if you can go give her a follow at Caitlin Hollister Official on Instagram. Oh, yeah. We, lo- we love those cartoon graphics. Those things are awesome. Well, guys, that's our show. Thank you all for coming out and listening. As always, we appreciate it. Please give us a follow on Instagram at Around the Keg and on Twitter at Around the Keg Pod. Send us any questions or topics you guys want us to talk about on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Y'all have a great week. See y'all.
addicted to you. I'm addicted to you. I'm addicted to you.